The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov career USBP. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Bird Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Now, this is Broad Street Hockey Radio. It just turns out uh, everyone on this show knows a lot about birds. Uh, I know nothing about Hey, hey, I don't. This is mostly just Steph. Uh, I know they're Listen. real. I, assume, I that's, but I didn't even realize Who that knew? was a thing that some people think birds aren't real. But uh, yeah, uh, I, be- I believe that's I've like seen a, them. That's a conspiracy theory that started out as a bit, and then I think some no, people they're actually real. started to believe it. It's like the whole flat earthers. Like I think flat earthers actually believe the Earth is flat. I think the the bird the bird thing is more of like a fake conspiracy theory that some people actually started to believe. It's like you they they forgot like, they forgot where the bit actually ended. I feel like flat <laughs> I feel like flat earth started as like a metaphor for like you know do your own research prove it and it's like well here's a shot from space you didn't take that picture and then it just devolved into people actually believing the world was flat cuz they're stupid. Uh but I don't know. Uh obviously we'd rather talk about anything then the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, but contractually, we're going to have to for a little bit. So let's get it started. Well, listen, the, let's lead it off with intros. Their name their name is the Flyers. The flyers we yes. should just be able to talk the about P, animals that fly. It's a good point. Flies. The yeah, question is like, are, have they actually been doing much flying at all? Absolutely not. Oh, no, not them. <laughs> not them. Is but the, the logo, backyard birds have. Is the logo natural or is it a drone? Who is to say? <laughs> uh, can say? Let's lead it off with intros. Uh, let's start it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So I've been extremely alarmed by something that I've noticed happening. And I just want to talk about it because I want people to, to stop. Bill Matz has cut his hair. And last That's a very I concerning noticed, development. I noticed that Zach McEwen has cut his hair. I swear, like, I was putting it I've off. I've noticed several men cutting their hair. What's next? Shaving? You guys need to knock this the fuck off. For me, I mean, I've, I've already done that. I don't like I'm it. not gonna, 
I'm not going to take credit, but after I cut my hair, I tweeted him, and then he had a haircut. I think Hello? me and him were in it together. I, I think we were both in on the bit. Well, you, you're Obviously. both assholes. Stop making people cut their hair. No one else is allowed to cut their yeah. hair or shave for the rest of the summer. Thank you. Just for I, me, I have to look at you. So stop cutting your hair and shaving your heads. I got Wait, hot. Those are the same I was, <laughs> I was, I was up. I was Pedro up on a ladder. Fucking, what's it called? I was up on a ladder for about five minutes this weekend and started sweating <laughs> profusely. Now, perhaps this speaks more to the shape I'm in than the temperature caused by my hair, but it was not helping. So Ava and I had a few drinks, and I handed her the uh, the clippers and said, "Go to work." God bless. I love you too. That's great. Amazing. Um, it was amazing. not but even I when I woke Ellie. up the next day. I agree with Kelly. No more cutting hair. We can trim up beards. Let's not shave them. Um, let's just continue to look as feral as possible because that's the vibe. Because Kelly vibe personally is into it, so just do that. Thanks. Yeah, that, that's known for Kelly. <laughs> Kelly is absolutely into the <laughs> that vibe. From the <laughs> from the athletic dot com, Charlie. I'm just laughing at Kelly. From the athletic dot com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah, so you know it's funny. The um, there were games this week, and <laughs> and they they lost. I mean, unsurprisingly. Anyone saw the Flyers? But uh, it's just funny. Like they got utterly destroyed by the Washington Capitals on Tuesday night, and I just like I I thought about writing an article about it <laughs> because like you lose nine to two, and you're like, okay, maybe like you should just eviscerate this team. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like I can't. Yeah, what's the I, point? I, like I can't summon up any righteous anger anymore. Like they're just bad. The season is meaningless the rest of the way beyond seeing what these young kids have, and like the roster that they're dressing on a lineup they're dressing on a nightly basis clearly isn't very good. And when a clearly not very good lineup, you know, is dressed every night once in a while, they're gonna play really, really bad, and not just bad. And to me, like, that's all Tuesday was. It was just like, oh, they're a bad team that had a bad game. And this is what happens when a bad team that has a bad game plays against a good team that has a good game. They lose 9-2. Honestly, my takeaway from Wednesday's game against the Rangers was I have much less faith in the Rangers in the playoffs because they didn't <laughs> score nine goals. <laughs> like, what What are we doing here, guys? You know? And, like, <laughs> the Rangers' backup records a shutout, and that's all well and good. The Flyers have, like, an AHL roster at this point. You should have utterly dismantled them the way Washington did, and you didn't. Suddenly, I'm like, oh, well, the East is kind of wide open. You know, if Shesterkin just dominates for a couple weeks, they could be in the Stanley Cup final. No, I don't think the Rangers have it. So that was my big takeaway from this week. They uh, kind of seem to visibly stop trying. Like, in the, the third, third period specifically, I'm like, are the Rangers trying? I don't think they're trying anymore. Well, like the I mean, Flyers, they, were, they were also on the second game of back-to-back, too. Uh, so, yeah. like, yeah. they were They played Carolina like, the night before. Yeah. That's a like, tough game. Oh, why, so a game that actually matters. Yeah, yeah. like, why are we going to kill ourselves? We've got this game on lockdown. It's not like the Flyers can score. I mean, come on. Not three. <laughs> Certainly not three goals. <laughs> no. So we can just, like, tone it down a little bit, but... I don't know. I just I think back to last season when these blowouts would happen. And in all honesty, like beyond the the blowout that got um, Vino fired, there really haven't been as many like not, a, not tr- as many like truly horrific games as compared to last season. Like they've all been bad. 
but like not to the point where you know like I feel obligated to write some sort of diatribe about how pathetic the Flyers are. Last year, I felt like I should when they would lose to the Rangers, when they lost those two games to the Rangers by a ton. It was like, I have to just like rake this team over the coals. In this game, I was like, I feel like on some level I should, but also, what's the point? Yeah, I've had, uh, I had funny, like one of those just real funny moments when you realize what's been going on with this team for an extended period of time now. You know, like when we upload the podcasts to Megaphone, and you, like, type in the title, it gives you, like, a suggested title if you're using the same words. Well, I type in post-game 413, and it just shows up, post-game 413, they quit. I was like, oh, oh my God. A, year, a year ago today, I was just as mad. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> and, like, honestly, they didn't quit last night. They just stink. Like, yeah, they just it. stink. All right, last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. You know what's really good news? What's that, Steph? <laughs> the Flyers are still playing hockey, fam! Eight games. I fucking... Like, what the no, fuck? I, I'm honestly, so sick of this down, season. I think, I think, legitimately, they have the two biggest games of the season coming up this weekend. Back-to-backs against Buffalo, home and home. They need zero points. Like, <laughs> this is it. No, I'm totally... Like, this, this is, is... Look at... No, I know you look are. At, this is it. This is the this is the sweepstakes. Look at four for, to seven nope. in terms of draft odds right now. They're separated by three points. If you can drop two in a row in regulation to Buffalo, you basically take Buffalo out of the running, and you really cement yourself in the top four or five. I was. I've got like four things to say because who wants to talk about this team yeah. specifically right now? I've got like various things. Tell us to talk about birds. <laughs> I could. I found did I talk about the Atlanta Thrashers last week on the show? I don't Was think that last so. week? I don't or, think are we so bringing either. back the Thrashers? Is that the plan? Well, I didn't realize that thrashers were birds. That's why. Um, oh yeah, yes, it's the thing was logo. a bird. Yeah, yes, <laughs> their their logo is is a th- is a bird. I just their, never understood uh, it. SB Nation site was called bird watching. Like I I should have known this whole time that thrashers were. Birds. They're not just like random entities that thrash things. Yeah, that's like <laughs> kind of what I thought. Like the flyers. The Thrasher, like I just thought it was like a. I thought it was like yay, a play kind on. Of. I thought it was like a play on Thresher, like a shark. The only reason I know that is from Jaws. Um, that's all. Go on. Steph. I don't know what that word is. I've never heard that word before. Thresher. All right, just just go. Anyway, there's one that lives in my backyard, so I've decided that's a sign that I am going to bring the thrashers back to atlanta that's a good idea Um, hockey team in atlanta i wonder if anyone's ever tried it before i wonder if anyone's ever tried it twice because yes you know i wonder well no one has tried it thrice i was gonna say no and most importantly no one has tried it since stephalicious d steph driver moved to the atlanta area that's what i'm saying i moved here and the braves immediately won the world series like that Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is not just coincidence i mean so it might be (laughs) i mean can't prove that it is who's to say yeah it's like the flat earth man do your own research exactly um so now that the atlanta thrashers are coming back i would like to invite you all to join this bandwagon because fuck this entire Philadelphia Flyers team. I can't. Um, the next thing that I have to mention is that I was looking back through my pet adoption 
records because who doesn't do that from time to time? And I realized that I've had Shenner for 10 years. Oh, buddy. 10 years ago, this team was Wayne Simmons, Scott Hartnell, Braden Shen, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier. And we have, we have traveled so far from that. But we have, not. We're so far. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically... What was that? But basically not. It's the same, but nothing's a that little different. different. Yeah. They won a few more games like, back then, but, yeah. you know. We were 10 in the same years spot. ago, 2012, <laughs> was the Penguin series. Like, that was fun. That was fun. That was fun. That's I enjoyed true. it. I mean, no, that was that was fun. Like probably the highlight of my Flyers fandom fun. It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, ten ten years ago, fam, we've been doing this for a very long time, and nothing good has come of it. So cheers. Well, Whatever, I've been in this since 1997. <laughs> I know. Don't talk to me about no. ten years. So <laughs> my whole fucking life. <laughs> so. I was just going off when I named my cat after a Flyers. Oh, boy. I, I, I did. Oh, I, also, also, Peter Laviolette was coach at that point. So 10 years ago, how many coaches have we gone through in 10 47 years? 47 or so. Not enough. Lavi, yeah, right. Baruby. Lavi, Baruby, Hack, A.V., Scott Gordon. No, no, no. no the interim Scott, after Scott Gordon. Yep. A.V., and now AV. Mike Yo. Six. Six coaches in ten years. So that's like, what happens when it's that's what happens when a team is bad. Go so like more locker. than bad. one every other year. <laughs> yeah. Bad. It's fair. And then we wonder, we wonder why these players are underachieving. We wonder why the prospects aren't developing. There's a new fucking voice in the locker room every fucking year. No, it's a chick it's a chicken and egg thing though, because yeah, the reason exactly. why they need Listen, the reason why they need a new coaches is because the players, the players have been aren't bad. good. Yeah. <laughs> I understand this too. But, like, the ones that we know are good. So let's take a look at, specifically, Travis Konechny. We know he's good, right? Yeah, but we just right. don't know how good. No, we do. He's a second-line player. Yes. We know exactly what he is. He's okay, second-line player. But you're going to complain about him from time to time. That's just who he is. If he had had a consistent coach, as opposed to five different coaches in his entire time with the Flyers, what could he have looked like? I don't know, because he quit on the guy he was playing really well under. So who's to say? Um, I, so I've point. been saying that this offseason is like sliding down a railing drunk. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I make it. And honestly, I'm really good at it. So like, I make I... it a little more than usual. But So hold on. Did you tell that story when it was just you and Kelly? I, because I remember listening to it while I was driving, and I remember laughing so hard that I was like tearing. Well, no, that's it's my metaphor for this off season. It's, Amazing, you know. Sometimes you slide down a railing drunk and make it, and then oh wow, the Flyers are good. Like it's possible, uh, but uh, like, are the odds of looking at this team the last couple nights? And I realize, especially like last night, there's six uh, extra guys out. It, it's not an NHL roster. But just looking at this team's depth, looking at their assets, looking at their cap space, are they worse off than we even realize? Because I've been like, mm. yeah, they get Goudreau, make some trades, end up with another good top six forward, another top 3D, mix it up a little more. They could pull it off. Like, is that actually true? 
Are they even no. further away than we think? Like, is this offseason, are we underselling how difficult, like, turning this team, not just into, oh, yeah, they could make the playoffs, but into, like, a top three team in the division, which I assume is the goal here. Like, are they even further away than we think? I I think so, because the, the cap, the cap is, is the biggest problem right here, and... There's there's no way around it. There's no way around it, and you've got to have a full roster of players, and they don't. I go back and forth. Like, if I'm, like, on my bullshit and, like, you know, the Flyers just won a hockey game and I'm feeling great about things, I can find a way to talk myself into them being able to pull off, you know, a couple of moves and then... It also involves the players that we currently have remembering that one time for three weeks they knew how to play hockey really well and, like, they do that again. And, like, I I can find a way to talk myself into it, but, you know, when I'm in a normal mood, it's just hard for me to see them. It's just so everything has to go so correctly that I it just seems impossible to me. Including, like, a Sean Couturier back injury... And a Ryan Ellis, who the fuck knows? Like yeah. that's what that's what we're dealing with. One C and one D. We have no idea what's going on, and everything else. Oh yeah, we need like a whole bunch of good players too. That we I, I actually, I mean, I I do think, and look, like you never know, but I I do think that the um the the concerns about Sean Gatourier are overblown. Um, like the guy's already skating, he's already doing stuff. Um, it looks like he's going to have a relatively normal off season. They should. So I, him. so like, I, I would lose my mind. I think that the Couturier stuff is a little bit more of just like, and I get this is a little bit more just like fans just operating the assumption that anything that could possibly go wrong. And the worst case scenario is going to play out because it always does. It's and not like, even I get that. that. It's just the idea that a back can go. Like if it's his back. If he's fine right now, that does not mean he'll be fine when he wakes up tomorrow. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like if this was, if this was going to be a seriously lingering thing, he wouldn't be, have been recovering from the surgery as quickly as he has. Um, so I think there's, there's positive signs all around with Kateri. Now, Ellis is another story entirely because, I mean, I don't know, you know, you, you hear things, you don't know if it's speculation, but like, it just doesn't seem like there anybody either wants to talk about it or wants to make a final decision on what he's going to do. And you know, at the tra- after the trade deadline, Fletcher was like, "We're going to make a decision soon," and they haven't made a decision at all. So like, this is like, bad, right? He hasn't good. played. He hasn't played since October, and they have no idea how he's going to be treated. Like, it's not good. This doesn't sound like he's going to be healthy next year. It's not good. Um, like. I what just, the fuck is wrong with him? Like, it's, do, we don't have a clue. I mean, I've heard, I've heard like three different things. Is this like, Ben heard, Simmons? Like, does I've he just hip, not want to be here? I've heard hip. I've heard groin. Um, you know, you just Both you don't great know. Spots. Like, it, it's all in like I think that core area. Oh, I good. just don't like, and you're trying to figure well. out, okay, what exactly is it? Um, I don't know what's going on there. Why is this such an issue for us? I feel like nobody has the amount of core muscle injuries that yes. the Flyers do. The no. fuck like, is going is, on? How is this a constant issue? Constant. It's just it's it's not, like, isn't it? A lot of this is per, is just kind of bad luck. 
like it is. And I and I and I, and, oh, I love that bad luck. And and and, and, and I know bad luck. I know that everyone like like it's a natural human instinct to like want to put a narrative or want to come up with reasons for why bad things happen. But like as I've said on the show, sometimes bad things happen. Like it's just it's just we're in the shit right now, and I don't know when the Flyers are going to get out of it. But like like shit wins. They. They oh, lost nine to two, and a third of their roster got hurt in the nine to two game. Did like, they actually get hurt, or are they just like fuck this? I think they actually got hurt. Okay, it seems unlikely that six players get hurt in one game. Exactly, it does seem unlikely, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> like, uh, and yet, uh, almost, and yet. almost unbelievable. Like, I don't. I'm not saying they quit. I just think it's more like. If they didn't lose nine to two and there were not just eight meaningless games left, they'd be playing. I think there's an there's some guys who probably like you know you're playing it safe. Like for example, like maybe like Cam York, you know, or Rasmus Ristolainen. Like maybe yes. if if you're in a playoff race, they're playing through whatever issue that sat them out last night. But I don't doubt that they're actually injured. I think they're hurt. Uh, I, I don't know about injured. Thing to say. Uh, but if like, I, don't I know. see Carter Hart, if I see Carter Hart on the ice at all for the rest of the season, I'm going to call up Dave Scott myself no, and, that's, and tell him. That I don't want to make it. Fired. I don't want to like, make it sound it. like I'm calling them out. I think it's smart to do this. One, let's lose games. Two, if we're gonna do this stupid plan this off season, like let's have everybody healthy at the start of the year so we can maybe not be behind the eight ball for the twelfth time in. 13 years like I really really hope Carter Hart does not play and let's start with Hart um uh, he's been faltering a little down the stretch he's been dealing with some stuff he's been a little banged up I've been saying sit him for months I hoped he came down with a phantom injury in like February um finally he's out of there it looked like he had some sort of issue with the lower body in the Washington game he comes out after the first period what's up with Hart well, I mean, it, it. so Yo told us before Wednesday's game that there's a chance that he could be out for the year. At this point, if there, if you're saying there's a chance, just sit him out for the year. Like, let's yeah, not, what's the let's point? Not, let's not yeah, mess like, around. That's my, exactly what I'm saying. My play him Friday against Ottawa at the, in the game in the season ender. Like, that's smart. <laughs> so one thing that really ticked me off, and this, like, this is one of those things where, you know, you're talking about, injuries you're talking about problems with the medical staff problems with the training staff this really jumped out at me as a like you know what are you guys actually doing here in that in that washington game when hart makes that play where he comes up gimpy and you know it's just okay he's not looking great and they leave him in for the rest of the period yeah and you have brian boucher who is an analyst who's not a, who's not on is not a coach like he's not on the bench he doesn't have direct access to talk to the player during a game you know at least during like you know a stoppage or whatever without like getting like approval from the team or whatever and he's saying Carter Hart's injured he's he's not going to come out for the second period I'm certain of it and then like they they ended the commercial or they ended the break and he's still out there like if Brian Boucher can see that the goalie's injured the game is meaningless. The team's out of the playoff picture. 
It doesn't matter whether he stays in for two, three minutes. Like, mm-hmm. why not take him out immediately? What are we actually doing here? Why are we like, ah, you know what? Let's err on the side of letting the franchise goalie finish out the period because reasons. Like, no, like if you're like, like if it's the only two explanations are either number one, it was that it was let's err like let's let him finish it out because fucking hockey culture, or yeah. they just missed it. And neither of them are good. That's impossible. Like, if, if you it were It was just obvious. So, he couldn't move. So, yeah, like, if you're just so oblivious that you didn't see that the goalie was injured, like, then you should be fired yesterday. I, I, I just, like... At first, my thought was, okay, maybe they don't want to put Jones in cold. And I was like, well, no, because... Who cares? They already yeah, have a hurt goalie. <laughs> they already this shit? No, that's why I was like, wait, they already have a hurt goalie, and he's the important one. Right. Martin Jones ain't going to be here in two weeks. So, like, what, what, what are we doing? I was... It was one of the most... Like, in a game where they're just getting their skulls caved in, mm. you're like, what? How... How do you not pull him immediately? I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how you don't pull him immediately. It's one of those situations where the, the thing that's happening, the bigger picture is even worse. It's like the wrist align in contract. That's bad. But what it shows in terms of priorities is worse. Mm -hmm. This organization is inept at every level. That's what it should, like, it was a great example of how everything is wrong with this team. The training staff can't see that the fucking franchise goalie's leg hurts while, like, everyone in the world can see it? Yeah. What are we doing here? Like, that's that's something where, I mean, at this point, I think you just kind of have to do it. You know, if only for optics, but I also think it's the right move. Like, I think you have to really, you have to overhaul the the medical. Yeah. Staff. Yes. Like, you, 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 you have to do that this summer. It's been Be, because long overdue. Because like, for whatever reason, they can't keep these guys healthy. For whatever reason, they can't come up with action plans that get these guys back in a way that allows them to stay back. Yes. And. If they're missing on these injuries, like you, you implicitly acknowledge that Carter Hart was hurt by sitting him for the rest of the game and then coming out the next day and saying that, oh, he might miss the rest of the year. So why did it take you the final three minutes of the first period to realize that? Like, if if you have a forward-thinking training and medical staff, you might not have to wait three minutes. They might just be like, hey, you know what? Not only is this the right thing to do from a medical standpoint, it's just the right thing to do from a logic standpoint because these games don't freaking matter anymore. I, How many was, times have we been on this show yelling, what are we doing here? I feel like it's this, one of my favorite lines. Uh, There's every, so d- many every show for the past things. decade. Mm-hmm. It's Where just it's like, like, what the fuck are we doing here? I, I, I just don't. There's no logical explanation for it. There's no reason. It, it's 100% pointless other than to allow the guy the entire plan hinges on to get further hurt. Like, if he's no good, none of anything else matters. The end. Yeah. It's over. Start over. Like, that's yeah. it. Him getting healthy, him being healthy, and him taking another step next year is the only way they can possibly compete with the actually good teams in the East. Um, something encouraging has happened. Bobby Brink signed an entry-level contract, oh, yeah. and he looks yeah. decent. They got Robert. Yeah. 
Bobby, Bobby or Brink. Bo- Bo- Bobby or Brink. That's Bobby why Brink. I had. No, how, how am I just now hearing that this dude's name is Bobby or Brink? Oh that yeah, his awesome. name is Bobby or Brink, and apparently they were choosing. We talked about it when he got drafted. They were choosing between Bobby Orr and Bobby Clark Brink. Like that, they were literally his parents chose between those two names. It's incredible. That's insane. I'm obsessed with him. Amazing. He's my new favorite flyer. So what, why? Like because why not? I mean, because he hasn't. <laughs> it's a good point. Because who else is he there? hasn't hurt me yet? Because like, he's the only one who isn't breaking my heart on a regular basis. He hasn't been coached long enough by the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers to be shitty at hockey. So for we'll, now, we'll we'll turn him we'll turn him into Morgan Frost soon enough, Kelly. Absolutely. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a fun situation there, Morgan Frost. But no, Bobby Brink looks like um he might. I don't know about Star, but he has some dynamic skill. He looks like one of these guys that we badly need. He's willing to take risks. Uh, He's in and around the net. Uh, He's in the areas where goals happen. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's fun to see. Honestly, the thing that has given me the most hope that maybe something could be good in the future is that the kids, while none of them is, like, a superstar, like, that's clear. These are all, like, middle six, bottom six players, which is fine. They are, like, trying things. Like, they're taking chances. They're, like, trying creative things. They're, like, doing stuff that the actual flyers never seem to do. And I'm kind of hoping that uh, whoever coaches us next, like, doesn't think that's bad. Because it's, I don't know, it's it's fun to watch. I don't know how Rick Tockett feels about kids taking chances, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's been it's been like legitimately fun watching them play hockey. The kids specifically over the last couple of games, even though the games themselves have been hot garbage. I mean, I don't really, in all honesty, I don't really agree with well, one. Okay. I, I don't. I, I don't agree with the underlying like implicit point that you're making kelly and that like they're letting the kids take risks i don't know if they're letting them <laughs> i know i just I, I just the only the only guy i think who is like taking a lot of risks is ronnie adder, ronnie adder pinch on and, every and, play and, baby and, and, and like and like it's been bad yeah he's taking risks it might be and, good he's, eventually. and he's fucking up all the time great he's gotta like, do it they play conservatively and fuck up all the time. What's the yeah. difference? Maybe Babies you can make fall a play. down constantly. Eventually, they figure it out. <laughs> but like, I don't think I don't think Noah Cates is taking needless risks. I just think he's playing. I'm well. not saying yeah. needless. I think I just think that like watching them, they look markedly different to me than the rest of the team has looked. Like I don't often see Noah Cates standing perfectly still. Like he always seems to be doing something. It's like I'm not. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah, but, like I'm not really saying like they're all out there like trying to do Trevor Zegras shit. Like they're but they just look like they're playing hockey at a competent hockey. level, <laughs> and that I think in, in it of itself, uh, in comparison, looks really fun. I well, I just seen... I just think it's more. I think it's more like Wade Allison syndrome from last year, where like they they just haven't been beaten down emotionally yes. by yes. this disaster of a season. Yes. Like they're coming in and they're like. Whee! Hey, I'm in the yeah. I'm in the NHL. This is awesome. <laughs> and then you have like grizzled vet Travis Connect who's aged like a decade in the last year. It's like just you wait, kid. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Brink. Bobby Brink on Sunday afternoon is going to be smoking a cigarette in the locker room, looking up MBA, MBA programs at <laughs> University of Denver. 
Amazing. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, I, uh, I've never seen a team, to Kelly's point, just overall, this team stands around like they're playing baseball. Oh, my I God. I have never seen stationary play. Like, and we talk about it all the time, like it's their power big. play. Their power play has been stationary for years. It's very deliberate. Part of that is the way Giroux ran it. Like, he's a very deliberate decision maker. And, like, he slows it down, then speeds it up. You know, they go slow, slow, slow. And then cross the Voracek, Voracek back to the back post. Like, okay, that's the way we do it. But everyone else is kind of standing around. And they're not Claude Giroux. Uh, <laughs> but overall, they just, like, the one goal, I forget who scored it. Uh, for the Caps, you know, they scored nine, excuse me. Uh, but the dangle in front of the net, <laughs> the dangle in front of the net. Was that Connor Sherry? He makes, like, he Sherry makes goal? like six. Yeah, it was, maybe she was, it was Sherry. 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 I, no, Sherry. I won't. Sherry. Anyway. <laughs> I refuse. Spell it differently. Standing, even like before I the dangles, he was standing yeah. in front of the net for like and a solid minute. Proveroff, just hanging out. Proveroff turns around and sees him, and just glides. Yeah. Doesn't take any strides, and the dude made six moves. He had all day to maybe try to dive, make a play, do something, and he just let it happen. It's This team is inept in every possible facet, but whatever. Um, I want to talk about James. Are we done with Brink? Because I want to talk about James yeah, Van Reems. I will, uh, actually, I did I did a big uh, okay. video breakdown on, um, on his first two games Ooh. at TheAthletic.com, so check it out. If you want to see how I think Bobby Brink did. And if you're not a subscriber, subscribe, please. Thanks. Bye. I want to talk. Yeah, do that. You mean the, the, the failing the New York Times? Com? <laughs> I mean, it's genius, honestly. Like, what else would anyone want to read about? Like, yeah, Bobby Brink. Sure. I'll do that. I'm trying my best the here, only gang. Thing. You're working, Charlie. You're working. You're doing great. Um, I want to talk about James Van Riemsdyk because, one, Mr. His, two goals, goals. his two goals in a 9-2 loss were just chef's yes. kiss beautiful. <laughs> Uh, to get to there's 20, nothing that could have been more perfect to, for to get to JVR to get to 20 on the season with those two goals it was all just uh, a, a cosmic stew honestly of, <laughs> of, of beauty um eight games left I really want to see him get to 25 because I feel like 25 is that number and I hope they all come and blow out losses like that but somebody on post game last night asked me what my first if I was the Flyers GM what my first move would be. And, like, I, you know, did it under the assumption that I have the directive from Dave Scott to fix this thing right now. Moving on from JVR is, like, the most important thing this offseason, right? Like, they can't do anything without that. Yeah, I mean, it probably is. Like, it's just... It's just that the cap hit and they need flexibility so bad. Like, yeah, it probably is the start of it. And the thing is, they're probably going to have to pay to get rid of them. Probably, I, I can't I, imagine anybody's taking on that set that whole seven million dollar cap hit. But Arizona has no one under contract. They have no one under contract, and they're like twenty five million under the floor. Like, how do you not sell them on that? He makes less dollars than the AAV. Like, if you can't sell Arizona on taking JVR for like nothing, you don't have to give us anything. Just take it. Consideration, Kel- Kelly. Don't Kelly, they owe but, us for the but, ghost trade? But you're just like that's just wrong because what you're neglecting to realize is that the Flyers aren't the only team that's trying to get Arizona to take the players they don't want. That's where Arizona has leverage. Fair. 
But I want them to do what I want them to do. <laughs> but they owe us. My team. They owe us for Shane Goss despair. They do. This is the way hockey These works. These are the future considerations. This is, this is why. This is why it's good that everyone's friends and nobody ever does anything to offend each other. Now they get to scratch our back. We it would them, be nice. We gave it them would... ghost in a second for literally yeah. nothing. Now they take JVR. Maybe give us our second back, fam. I don't know. Just thinking. You know, it would be nice because everything you hear, and I mean, I can vouch for this, is that, like, you know, Chuck Fletcher is, like, a genuinely good guy. And, like, oh, people great. around the game people around the game really like him. And that he has good relationships. Like, like agents, like, dealing with him and stuff like that. Of course they do. He it just gave Rasmus for Stalin and 25 well, million bucks. I'd fucking well, love dealing with him, well, too. Yeah, but, Bill, I, there's, like, ten other teams that would have done that, too. So, like, let's not, Are like, they well run? Get, I mean, no, but I'm just saying, like, okay. the Flyers are far from the only team that think, thinks Rasmus Ristolainen is good. We, actually, in the hockey world, are kind of the minority in terms of our thoughts on Rasmus Ristolainen. I think we're right, yes, but we're well in the run, minority. Well-run teams are also the minority. That's why, like, you know, one team has won the last two Stanley Cups, because they have all the but, good players. But you, you didn't let me finish, because you jumped in, so thanks, Bill. Um, but my point that I was making Spicy. was that... It would be nice, really nice, if, like, all of the, you know, goodwill that Chuck Fletcher, by being a good guy, has, like, created among other GMs in the league, if he could go to them this summer and be like, hey, like, I really need to be good next year or else I'm going to lose my job, so, like, can you do me a solid and, like, help me out a little bit? That would rule. I don't think it's going to happen because they'll just laugh, but it would be nice. I'm raising my hand while the, the men fight, as, as the men do, um, because I had an interview with Megan, Megan, our fan camera, this week, and she asked what I would do to fix the NHL, and this applies right here to this conversation. Get rid of Gary Bettman, get rid of the salary cap, and clean house all front offices. Like, they're all incompetent. What we're saying about Rasmus Ristolainen, that 10 additional general managers would have given him that much get rid of them all get rid of them all try again do you disagree i mean whatever like you know i don't think there's a, i don't think there's anything wrong with fresh blood in the uh you know in the management pipeline i i just it, it's just funny with risaline because like you know we can sort of we can sort of get sucked into our own bubble you know, and I'm guilty of this, like talking to people who generally speaking agree with me about, you know, my outlook on players like Russ Ristolainen and, and, you know, the importance of metrics and cold hard facts in terms of evaluating how a player is rather than like gut feel and whatnot. But then you talk to people around the game and like not only do they like Russ Ristolainen, they think like we're all batshit insane for not recognizing the blatantly obvious value that having a player like Rasmus Ristolainen provides a team. Like, it is literally, like, night and day. Yeah, and it's that's not, why there's so many it, badly run teams. It's not just disagreement. It's, like, both sides think the others are, like, so clearly missing the plot that they can't even really talk to each other. Well, once again, to your point about facts, Charlie, he's never <laughs> been on a good team. He's been on very, very bad teams, some of the worst teams in the league. But for oh, I some think reason, evidence, he's a winning player. I think the evidence is very much in our corner. But I'm just saying that, like, 
you know, you can sort of see how when the entire like group think hockey culture tells like is always talking about like I don't understand why people hate wrestlers the line is so much like it it becomes like something that you just start believing because it's like well all those other people who think he stinks they're just wrong. Well, I would like to I would like a list of the teams who think he's good and I bet you none of them have been to a conference final in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's just my guess. Just well, actually that's I would throw I, out there. Actually that's not true because, because one, one of, the of them's that, Montreal. Yeah. yeah, one of the teams thought he was Montreal and they made the cup final yeah. last year. Yeah, they're fucking fake bubble playoff oh. bullshit that didn't count. Sure. Awesome. You're in last place. <laughs> I'm shit, just Montreal. saying. Yeah. They're in last place. That's who, uh, sec- that's who. Second to last. Oh, right. Yeah. Because Arizona, <laughs> Arizona, who's gonna play in front of eleven people next year is behind them. That'll be yeah, these are these are all uh, great. The eleven people will be all of Broad Street hockey while we go and wear our ghost jerseys. There is a zero percent chance I will ever go see what that team live. They're not an NHL team. I'd rather go see a fucking minor league team. I take that challenge. Thank you. (laughs) All right. But all right. Getting rid of JVR. Yes. Is that more important than finding the quote unquote right coach? Um, probably. No. I mean, honestly, it probably is because I don't think that they can make a single move that they need to make without clearing his salary. So if they can't clear his salary, then they can't bring in better players. And if they don't bring in better players, like, it doesn't really fucking matter who's coaching Does any them. of this really matter? No, Charlie. Like, I know. I, I guess, we get I guess that's where I'm at. Again? Like, it's a, it's a question, like, your question of what matters more, getting rid of JVR or getting, or getting the right coach. Like, I don't, I, I don't know if the answer, the answer might be neither. Because, like, yeah, if they get rid of JVR, that opens up cap space, they can do stuff. And, yeah, if they get the right coach, they'll be better. But, like, are either of those moves going to make them better in, like, a meaningful way? So, like, the thing is, Charlie, I'm still stuck in the hellscape of hockey fandom where I have to hope that this happens because my emotional well-being depends on it. And you have been able to extricate yourself from this (laughs) hellhole. And okay. look at things logically. I can't do that. I actually think that the coach might be more important. Just, to just be- everything I say today. Well, no, well, no, but like, but it's it's not coming from like a positive standpoint. Oh. It's mostly just it's mostly just that like, like, I think that like a good coach could probably get more out of JVR. Maybe. Like, I, I, I do believe that. I think, like, the right coach, because I don't think JBR is, like, completely cooked. So, like, if you get the right coach, I think a team with JBR on it that mostly looks the same as this one probably could be a bubble playoff team as long as everybody comes back healthy. And, like, if that's what we're shooting for, then I think that, like, just getting rid of JVR doesn't get, doesn't, like, just that move doesn't have the same kind of upside as actually getting a really good coach if you're just talking about that one move the thing is is that like i don't think either of those moves have the kind of upside to get the flyers to where we really want them to be but i think like a really good coach can have a really big impact on a team like we've seen it this year with like calgary i i think that i am am on the same train of thought as charlie where like if if this is what we're looking at these two moves which i don't think will be the only moves that are considered this summer but JVR if, if that's creates what we're looking the at the opportunity to make other moves 
Like that's but then why those, those, those other moves might not necessarily be good. No, uh, I right. know, it, but it just it starts. So for me, it just starts the whole cycle again of dumping cap, bringing in cheap guys or cheaper guys, and then eventually you're gonna have to dump cap again. And it it just the cycle never fucking I mean, ends fair, with this team. And what every team has to do eventually. Well, right, but like JVR is is the big guy that we've got to get off the the books. Like it just doesn't it doesn't matter enough. And and the coach, like that's a big deal, but you're going to get rid of him in 2 years anyway. So like the team is so fucked. Like I think we really need to look at just how fucked this team is going to be for the next two, three years, because it's really bad, guys. I think getting the right coach has the, like, getting the right coach would add far more standings points to my projection of the Flyers next year than getting rid of JVR. That said, I agree that getting rid of JVR opens you up to be able to do things, but as I said, that doesn't mean those things you do are actually going to be smart and good. So if you had to, if you gave me the choice between only one of these two things can happen, get the absolute right coach or get rid of JVR, I would say get the absolute right coach every day because I think the absolute right coach probably could get more out of JVR, and he does only have one more year left on his contract. So like, you know, even if he doesn't bounce back, like, you can just sell him at the deadline. Right, like, go go trade JVR. Excellent. Who are you going to pick up? Nazem Kadri? Like, they're just going to replace it with more... I mean, like, Kadri is a considerably better player than JVR. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. Of course he is, but he's going to get paid way too much, and he's not going to improve the team by any significant measure. I mean, no, a, a a productive center who plays in all three phases of the game is way better than a goal scorer who doesn't score. Yeah, I mean... And how old is he? He's 32. That's the that's the thing. Like, my concern with Kadri isn't that he's not a good player. He is a good player. He'd be a fun player. That's I think he'd fit, quite, he'd fit quite well in Philadelphia. I just think the contract he gets is going to be way too much and for way too long. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and, and that's, that's another issue with this whole aggressive retool, is that, like, you're going to be making moves that probably hamstring you three four years down the road when in in, you know an ideal world that's when they're really turning this thing around this is what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying this i think we all agree with that a problem i think we all agree with that but the idea i operate i'm trying to look at it from their perspective the execution of their plan my plan is operating in reality my plan is to buy people out trade people for assets get rid of everything they're not going to do that. They told us they're not. So it has. I have to look at it under the assumption that they are going to try to aggressively retool. Uh, and, you know, maybe they sign Johnny Goudreau and that'll be fun because we'll get to watch a superstar play on a mediocre team for a few years. That'd be cool. Uh, speaking of down the road, though, oh, we should take a break, right? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh yeah, we are more than halfway through this, yeah. yeah. All right, let's, yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about the lottery odds, and then we can wrap things up. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito All right, fam, we are back, and we are looking at the standings. Oh, if you, if you hit the points, the thing that, like, uh, you know, determines how you categorize everything on NHL.com, it looks like the Flyers are at the top of the league, if you hit points and then hit it again, sort by bottom, <laughs> sort by bottom, and they're Wait, right up there. Are you serious? Near the top. Yeah. If you if and same, love that same thing with goal differential, sort by the worst, and they're right near the top. Uh, it's truly just just incredible. pretend it's golf. Pretend yeah. it's golf. Truly fucking incredible. Uh, yeah, they could have dominated the Masters with their score right now. Um, like, why do we do this to ourselves? Flyers, we know what we're getting into every single year, and yet... Right now, with eight games remaining, the Flyers are fourth from uh, fourth from the bottom. They're five points up on Seattle. It's going to be hard to get the third. Uh, and then this, like, four to seven spot is real difficult. Uh, you have the Devils, nine games left, 58 points. Chicago, 59 points, nine games left. Ottawa, 60 points, nine games left. So, oh, man. They all have a game in hand, too. This is good stuff. This is good. Oh, let's lose, baby. Uh, but right now, it's it does seem pretty difficult with the lottery odds, the way things are weighted. No more than two teams can jump you. The Flyers are going to have a top seven pick in all, like, realistically, that's where they're going to fall. Um, it seems like this draft, some nice talent at the top. Uh, do you have confidence? Like, to me, I'm thinking, I hope we get the fifth pick so we don't have to make a choice. We just get whoever's left. Like, so there's no, oh, well, we could have had this guy. Like, no, we just get whoever's remaining. Like, how are you feeling about what they're going to be able to accomplish? Like, not wasting this season uh, and getting something worthwhile at the draft. Anyone, I don't know. Does anyone else still worry they might trade this pick? No, I mean that would be so dumb. If it falls to like seven, sure. Yeah, because this draft. I, I is think really... they might trade next year's first round pick, but I don't. Oh, think they'll trading trade next year's first round pick would be enormously stupid. Not theirs. Sorry, oh. not their first round pick. Uh, who did they pick one up from? They oh, you're talking about the one, the one they got in the Florida Florida trade. Twenty four. That's twenty four. Yeah, that's twenty four. I, I mean, I'm. Continuing to be more... Oh, it's not 23. It's, no, 24. it's 24. It's two years it's two away. Years oh, yeah. well, fuck me. I continue nope. to become more and more convinced that that's the pick they're going to use to trade JVR. That pick is absolutely getting traded, and it could very well be in that regard. Like, mm. there is a 0% <laughs> chance they make that pick. They will not be yeah, making that Fletcher basically that said that. He's like... Well, you know, it gives us ammunition this summer. I mean, so you're not he knows full well he's not going to be here in 2024 anyway. I think that's that's the thing where it's like if <laughs> no, if, if it he, what does he yeah, give if, a if it, about that pick yeah, yeah. if it if it works 
and he turns his team around, then who cares? He traded a pick and the team is good. If it doesn't work, he's not making the pick anyway. So what's his incentive to keep the pick? Oh, God. This team, man. Not great. So here's the thing. I just, I, I was thinking about this the other day while we were, while we were driving. I was driving and I was listening to either Fly Purbly or Broad Street Hockey Radio. So we were all driving together. (laughs) Um, Chuck Fletcher really doesn't have a bad draft history. Like if we're looking at, yeah, if we look, if we're just looking at the Philadelphia picks, they they haven't been bad. Like I don't think that I could look at one draft and be like that was a real bummer. Like yeah, stunk. I mean, you can you can nitpick, and I mean, maybe nitpick isn't even the right word because it's not really nitpicking to be like I wish they would have taken Cole Caulfield over Cam York, but like I think Cam York is going to be good. It's just I think Cole Caulfield yeah, is going to be better. Yeah, and then they also picked up Bobby Brink. True, true. And that was part of it. So, Although they could have taken Caulfield anyway. Yeah, I mean. Listen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they could have had both, you know. But, they, they, they traded but I'm down. Not, I'm not upset with it. <laughs> could have had them. And, and didn't, didn't Chuck find um, that uh, wild player that oh, Kapri- Thomas is obsessed Kaprizov, with? Kaprizov, yeah. But then he couldn't yeah, sign Yeah, I just him. can't. I can't pronounce it. Kaprizov, so. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't like. This draft, I don't think it's as, like, I don't think it's as bad as people are acting like it is. Like, I think there's going to be high-end players. It's just a matter of whether you can find them. Like, I mean, I think Shane Wright will be good. I like Logan Cooley. Um, I like that, uh... Jiraj! Um, yeah, Slavkovsky. I like him. Give me um, the big kid. That Nemec guy is apparently killing it in the in the Euro. Slavkovsky? Did we go through this la- another Slavkovsky? I don't think you were here on the show. We talked about him. The big the guy who the was scoring Slovakian all the guy. goals, yeah. all the goals for Slovakia. Yeah, he's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. from from what I've I've watched of him, he kind of reminds me of like Jake Voracek if Jake Voracek shot all the time. Ooh. So. <laughs> So not Jake Voracek. So but yeah, not but no, like, like like everything else about Jake Voracek, I, I, except no, for the no, except I, like I, instead I, of always looking to pass, he always looks I to shoot. Uh, yeah, um, that's but like like Nemec is doing real well in the in the playoffs. Um, like Matt Savoy is interesting to me. He's pretty dynamic. Like there's good players, I think. You know, and in whenever, this uh, whenever in this they draft, say, like everyone said, the 2017 draft wasn't great, and then like. There's literally a superstar defenseman at four, two other stars in the top exactly. five. Like, and, exactly. and everyone was like, oh, well, yeah, like in the top two, that's it. And like two was a bust and one is pretty good. And the three guys behind them are fucking awesome. So like, uh, you know, it's always the projections are never what we think they are. I mean, yes, when they say there's a generational Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, they get that shit right. No, they, yeah, they, they, they get like, those right. They know that those are happening usually, but in these drafts, they, I never believe it's as bad as they say. And Like, who knows if next year's is as good as they say. But, I mean, and they need, to get, they need to get it right. They need to get this pick right. This is, this is an utterly pivotal pick in the Flyers' future because, like, you have to— you don't necessarily have to come away with, like, a superstar because there might not be a superstar in this draft, but you have to come away with a top liner or a top pair defenseman. You just have to. You have to. Do does anyone else cuz I'm getting so many tweets and stuff that it's just like we are going to end up with the second pick and that is bad. And I just like one I think 
because JVR is now bad and because he's not Patrick Kane, people mm-hmm. still think we like mm-hmm. that was a horrible pick. And yeah. like it was bad luck to get Nolan Patrick. And so number two is actually cursed. Like that's well, that seems to be a prevailing thought from the tweets I'm receiving. I mean, that's just like Oh, without you know, a doubt. That's just hockey fan shit. Like when you wear the same shirt during the playoffs. Like it's not real, yeah. but it's like you believe it really hard because it's not real no but it's, it's real real, yeah. but it's real. Yeah. and and the thing is too the thing with jvr that will always be part of this it's not even the patrick kane stuff it's it's an, it's just the fact that like people in this town who are flyers fans just fucking hate him they hate watching him play they, they hate everything they hate everything about him and like that colors everything because the guy is undeniably productive. Now this year, yeah, he's been bad. Like he's he's yeah, been he's, bad he's two bad. way. Yeah, like he's having a bad he he's having a bad year. But like even when he was objectively good, they hated him. Yes. And that no, colors like, all too big, it's no like smash. You, like you can't say that like well, the second overall pick is always bad because the response is well, JVR actually had a quite a good career and then the response to that is no, he didn't. He fucking sucks. And it's like, what can you say to that? Like, they just and think like, he sucks. It also, it is unfair to him that the guy who went number one scored a Stanley Cup overtime winning goal against the team that could have drafted him. Like, yeah, but it, it does. Yeah, but if that does hurt too, if JVR had the exact same stats in his career, he was a consistent thirty goal scorer who mostly played in the middle six. You know, who's big, but you added one thing. He was mean and he hit people. I guarantee you people would not complain about JVR. Oh, yeah. No, if he was... If he was Wayne Simmons, even with Patrick Kane being, yes. like, one of the best players of the last 20 years, like, people would be happy with that. Yeah. They'd be like, well, I'm glad we have JVR because at least he's at least he's a bull. Yeah. yeah. Plays Flyers hockey. Yeah, he plays Flyers yeah. hockey. JVR never has played Flyers hockey. No, ever. that's why like, he was good in I mean, Toronto because he doesn't play Flyers yeah. hockey. <laughs> he was traded. He was I traded miss... for Luke Shen because they needed big man go smash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the trade was one for one. It's a, it's, it's incredible one. how many oh moves the Flyers have made. Like not even just trades, but like drafting and all kinds of shit. Lineup decisions have come down to big man go smash. How are we here still? <laughs> This is what I'm asking. We started doing this together so long ago, and the only thing that has happened is they're worse. That's what I'm saying. That has been the theme throughout this whole show. We went through a rebuild and got worse. (laughs) Yeah. We sure did. We sure did. You know who I miss, like, with my whole heart and soul? Drew. Yes. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, why'd you do that to me? I was going to say Wayne Simmons. Oh, man, that, that Simmons-McEwen fight. Now I was, I'm going to cry! I was so happy about that Simmons-McEwen fight. I wanted to see them go so bad. I, it's, did, it's, I tell you, did, did I tell you about how someone yelled at me on Twitter about that? Be, because it, after that fight, I tweeted out the joke of, like, Zach McEwen just learned the P.K. Subban lesson of you do not fight Wayne Simmons. <laughs> and then someone, someone like, two hours later, like, as I was about to go to sleep, tweeted at me, like, yeah, you're making fun of Zach McEwen. He'd beat the shit out of you. It's like, first off, of course he would. Of course would. he would. Like, no shit. <laughs> Secondly, like, it was a joke, dude. Like, I like Zach McEwen. Everyone has to but, chill. But, 
he did get the shit kicked he got out of rocked. by Wayne Simmons, yes. I think, who is one of the best fighters in hockey. Yeah, I mean, he's like the best fighter. Like, he beats up Tom Wilson regular. Like, he's <laughs> like him, Ryan Reeves. Like, who else is even close in terms of the, like that level of fighter in the league? Like, there's only a few guys who can scrap like that. And honestly, if he didn't trip, like, he lost his balance a little early. I don't think he could have won because very few people have ever beaten Wayne Simmons. The only one that comes to mind is Jamie Alexiak, who's seven and a half fucking feet tall. Uh, like he is, he is. I think he could have. I think he could have held his own if he didn't lose his balance early. Uh, but no, he. Very few people beat up Wayne Simmons. It does not happen. So, all right. Oh, I was happy to see him I'm, go. Now, now I'm bereft just, over Claude I like Giroux that he again, had the so balls to do it. Like, I was happy to see that he fought Wayne Simmons. That's cool. In Philly, he's wearing number 17. Uh, all right. Let's check in with Claude Giroux real quick down in Florida. Uh, he's got, he's played 12, uh, he's played 11 games. That's my dad. He's played 11 games with the Florida Panthers. They've won eight straight and 10 of those 11. G has two goals and 10 assists. Uh, the Panthers were averaging, uh, they are averaging for the year 4.14 goals, and that's like the best total since like 95-96. Their offense has been insane yeah. all year. In the 11 games since the trade, they're over four and a half goals a game. Ridiculous. They are so sick. Like, I want to see them in Florida, or them in uh, Colorado just play so the most bad. ridiculous hockey we've ever seen. I think I'm over Tampa. I think I'm finally oh, over finally. Tampa. And I need to see these offenses just fucking go wild in the Stanley Cup final. Have I said out loud to you? 80s hockey. Have I said out loud to you guys about how I decided that I'm super pissed off about the Claude Giroux trade now because it makes no sense in the context that you're trying to compete next year? Like, the only time trading Claude Giroux makes sense is if you're going to rebuild. Didn't we already say this? I feel like I've said that before but i don't know if it was on this show or if it was just, i'm like, sure other people have been having this thought like since before the trade because like happened. there's there was but i started you thinking did about not it. need to trade him and i'm like who are we gonna get for what he would have signed with us for that's going I to be that good it's like, it gets back nobody. to their the sense i can make of it is it gets back to their lack of assets if they're going to compete next year, even if they bring him back at a reduced price, those things no that chance. they got for him, the draft picks, can also be traded for other things that they I need. guess. But I, yeah. it's just like, like I, it. at this point, I, I, I think that's a big part of it. At, at this point, if you're Claude Giroux and you've been having this experience through 11 games, like, I, why would you ever? No. Like, if you, now that I'm back on Instagram, I see, like, his wife's thingies, and they're, like, at the beach every day, like, fucking thriving. Why would they you come back every here? every game. Yeah, like, what, why would you come back here? They are. <laughs> Ryan and the kids are having the best time no, and that's, living down at the beach. doesn't want to go to the beach every day? That's what I, I honestly, like, that's what I thought was going to happen. Like, he'd be all cool to come back when it's the only thing he ever knew. And then when he got a taste of literally anything else, like especially like the and beach that, and winning, yeah. the beach and winning, yeah. he'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm good on fucking Wait a minute. They're like, telling me to go out here and score a lot of goals? <laughs> like, that's what you want me to do? Okay. I, I'll I try. Can just do it? You don't, I think too, you don't want me to focus you know, on my defense or no? Okay. I mean, that's Shut not, up, Charlie. They, they weren't <laughs> telling that to Claude Giroux, Kelly. They were telling- Charles! 
They were telling that to the kids Let who aren't good enough to not be able to play defense. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone else um, does it. Why can't I make shit up? <laughs> I've I'm been on told, your podcast. I've been told, and also I've heard, that Quattro was told to focus on his defense. <laughs> he got fined every time he recorded a point. I heard that. <laughs> you heard that? I heard that. From sources, a, sources, sources tell me. Directly from comcast yeah. comcast said you scored a point another hundred dollars on your, fu- your, yeah. your your cable how bill. funny oh is my the God. Uh, how funny is the ryan hartman fine that everyone's donating oh, to him and hilarious. evander kane's wife gave him 200 bu- ex-wife gave him 200 bu- incredible ex-wife, ex-wife yeah. which number one is queen shit so number good. two i've done a lot of research into their uh, separation slash divorce slash situation of Andrew Kane and his ex-wife, and it is really fucking ugly. Yeah, it's real bad. Really fucking ugly. Like he straight up took their kid from her and isn't letting her. He's see a bad dude. Or he seems like a pretty bad talk guy. to a bad this, man. This baby, like it's it's really bad. So the fact that she was like, ha ha, Ryan Hartman flipped off this guy. Here's money to pay your fine. It's just. Amazing. Like, that's the level of petty I aspire to. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. I want Ryan Hartman back. He's a major part. But going going back to to Giroux for a second, um, I think, I mean, and this isn't. This isn't something that I think is like universally held in the front office, but I do believe that one of the underlying reasons why the front office was okay with trading him in the end is that. There is a feeling that, like, not, and it's not a rebuild because they don't want to rebuild, but there's a feeling, it, it kind of goes back to that comment that Fletcher made in the offseason where he was, it was right after he made all the moves and he did that interview and he basically said something, I forget the exact quote, but it was something like, we can't just keep doing the same things yeah. and expecting different results. And I think there's a feeling among people in the front office of, like, you know, it might just be time, God. you know. It's not it's not going to be it might not be better but it's going to be different and you know we just can't keep this Drew era going because clearly for whatever reason even if we can't pinpoint what the reason is it's just not working. It's just wild. And it's not it's not something I agree with but I do think that's a that's a sentiment that's there. I understand yeah. it. And, and honestly like as much as I dislike this front office I don't hate them for that idea. No, I I get it. But I get also it. it's just hilarious to me that like that's the thing that we've been doing for the last 10 years. That's that we're, we're going to fix that one. All the other stuff though, going to keep it just to see what happens, but we're going to trade Drew so that we can stop doing the same thing over and over again. It's yeah, just, no, our scouts, our scouts who haven't made a star except for him in yeah, the right. last 20 years, They're staying. they all stay. They're fine. <laughs> we're also keeping all the doctors and the trainers. They're great too, but we traded our best player, so definitely things are going to get better now. Paul Holmes no, it's it's one. It's, still work here. It's one of those things where, like, when you say it out loud without thinking too much about it, it does make sense. Yes, precisely. Yeah. But, but but then when you actually think about it, and you're like, wait a minute, that's what you happened. Guys want, like you guys, you guys want to be good next year, but you traded away your best player, yeah. who probably would have been willing to come back on a discount less than what you're going to have to spend to get another good player to replace him, which is going to make it tougher to build a good team around that really good player. And then you're going to run into the same issue you ran into with Claude Giroux. That's what happened. I had an empty day one day and I just started thinking about it. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Claude Giroux, Claude Giroux's looking at his paycheck like, yo, no city wage tax? What the No fuck? income tax entirely in Florida. <laughs> exactly. People tell you yeah, all like, the fucking time. Every time somebody signs in all Florida. All of his home no, games. No, in, take, no income tax, guys. All the, I was going to say all of his home games, he takes home all of his money, but Chris Pronger would disagree with that. Oh, well, but um, none of them take home woo! all of their money. I'm yeah. glad people are learning now why we are socialists about hockey players on this podcast. You have to buy, <laughs> you have to buy a $75,000 car every year. What are you going to drive a Ford Taurus? I would love to buy a $75,000 car. That would rule. (laughs) Just once would even be nice. Not even every year. I still remember Keith Jones driving a very, like, responsible dad car when he played in in Philly. I just remember seeing him drive it in at the old practice facility and being like, all right. Everyone else had, like, a Navigator and he had, like, a Ford Taurus or some shit. I I remember Coy Detmer used to drive, like, an old beat-up pickup truck. And they did, like, a feature on it one time on Comcast Sportsnet. And he's like... Guys, I'm a backup quarterback. Like I'm making good money, but I'm saving it all, <laughs> so I don't have to work. A- he told- I don't have to work he- another day in my life when I retire. He'd buy one suit at the start of every season, and and he'd buy it at like Kmart, and that was his suit. He said he only traveled with a toothbrush, and that <laughs> if you if you go to a front desk at a hotel and ask for toothpaste, they'll give it to you. <laughs> and they will. He, he had all these money saving. Coy Detmer was like my favorite eagle for 10 years. I loved him. I, I remember uh, you really liked Coy Detmer. He was great. You um, didn't know where the neck beard ended and the chest hair started. It was really, he was great. <laughs> you love it. I Kelly's saw really it. Bill Clement mm-hmm. driving a Toyota Camry in Center God City. Bless. Like th- these normal dudes. Yeah, Bill. Normal yeah, dudes. Bill. <laughs> All right, we got anything else? I think we killed enough time. Yeah. Yeah, we did an hour, an hour plus. Right. It's good good for this good enough. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Just because the team's going away after the next eight games, we won't. We will continue to bring you all the entertainment you've come to love from Broad Street Hockey throughout the offseason, covering free agency, the draft, all the moves. Maybe I'll do post games for the playoffs. Maybe I won't. Who's the same? Backyard birds. I've got yeah. a lot to say. Steph might talk about birds, uh, but that's it. So my name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balky and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is 
back, and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players, and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Go Astros.